Hello listeners, welcome back to the Victim to Victor podcast. My name is Anu and I am your host. My previous podcast episode, we gained insight into the holistic concept of what ego stands for and its functioning mechanisms along with a typical idea of its place of origin. Now, in today's podcast episode, we would reflect back on and further draw conclusive evidence as to how childhood drama, particularly that of child abuse and ego development, go hand in hand. And we will also look at ways to advocate methods to shed the baggage of trauma, to keep the ego from subjugating our sense of attachment from reality. For starters, I would like to mention how parental violence or any other forms of abuse influences a child's ego function. While the impact is detrimental and apparent from the high level of impairments created in forms of irritability, anger, passivity, depression, low levels of impulse control, distortions in reality testing and extensive operation of the immature defence mechanisms in the physically abused child. Speaking of defence mechanism, let me highlight a few measures of ego defence mechanism that child abuse sufferers engage in. They usually adopt regression, denial and splitting, projection and introjection for compensation. Now these technical terms can be illustrated in manner like, let us take denial for example. This occurs when you refuse to accept reality or facts. You block external events or circumstances from your mind so that you don't have to deal with the emotional impact. In other words, you avoid the painful feelings or the events. In a similar thread, regression is when you unconsciously find an escape whenever you feel anxious or overwhelmed or threatened by a particular thought about a particular situation, when in this instance, it would be of abuse. Now, if it is encountered at an early stage in the younger years of life, then the child's experience of trauma or loss may make them act as if they were younger again. They may even begin wetting the bed or sucking their thumb. However, in case when the haunts of trauma catches up as an adult, then regression can take up a different form, such as the survivors may return to sleeping with a cherished stuffed animal, or they may overeat food that they find comforting, or they may even chain smoke or chew on pencils or pens. They may also avoid everyday activities because they just feel overwhelmed. Likewise, the interjection actually occurs when a person internalizes the ideas or voices of other people. This behavior is commonly associated with the internalization of the external authority, particularly that of parents. We can also come to say that interjection is the opposite of projection. Projection occurs when a person projects feelings or characteristics onto another person. However, introjection is when you start identifying with a person or an incident so strongly that you cannot separate that person or situation from within your thought patterns or behaviour. Depending on the types of attitudes that are picked up, introjection may lead to positive or negative effects. Though in the case of child abuse, it undoubtedly resonates with a negative parameter of the effects that the child was exposed to. Child may constantly feel worthless, incompetent or guilty. They may even feel unable to freely express their emotions and they may find it difficult to discover their identity or a sense of self. With this obstacle to the child's self-development, they may begin to lose confidence and they may also become self-critical. But amid all these unconscious consuming walls that we build up, let's not forget that coping mechanisms are ways that the ego uses to numb us out. By doing so, it keeps us from facing the need to heal as it often responds with a fear called shame. 
The ego wants you to believe that exposing the wounds to the light will cause you additional harm. Again, this is a concocted myth. Healing of a wound can be uncomfortable, but it's necessary for us in order to release the shame of the past and to become our authentic selves. Now that we have explored the unconscious link between ego and child abuse experience, let us shift our focus of attention to what the preliminary conscious emotions are that cloud our growth. As a repercussion of child abuse trauma, you can be left with a feeling of emotional depletion. You tend to feel stuck. Life doesn't feel joyful to you. You may even find yourself in unfulfilling or toxic relationships. Because of that unresolved feeling that keeps lingering in the back of your mind, you may find changes difficult and you may even conform only to a rigid set of beliefs. You may even encounter a feeling of something being missing. The ego aims to provide temporary comfort by acknowledging and agreeing to these set of disturbed feelings, which makes you feel affirmed and protected. Unlike your childhood experience, but in the long run, it makes you feel stagnated as it reinforces the wrong sets of beliefs and it overcompensates by inculcating a false confidence and a rejection of any idea which conflicts with our mindset. This promotes black and white thinking and fuels constant comparison and judgment to others. It can even induce you in a feeling of analysis paralysis, which dictates an obsessive chain of thoughts that stops you from completing any action. With this in mind, I would like to remind your listeners that the ego is for that matter a necessary evil. That is to say that as we know that ego is a person's sense of self-worth and if that self-worth is positively affiliated then it can impart a sense of confidence and strength. It can even channelize strong conviction in your beliefs even when the whole world ridicules you. But again, all of this works for the betterment only as long as you are in control of your ego and your core beliefs are rationally supportive and positively inclined, which isn't always the case for child abuse survivors. Having said enough about the output of ego on survivors of abuse, let us head into how we can control this ego from having an overpowering access to trauma and at the same time overcome this fragile, daunting experience of abuse in childhood. For this, I have stumbled upon three enriching techniques which propose to consciously steer our attention's source from the ego into our hearts. But that's not always easy because our heart speaks in whispers as compared to the loud thunder of our ego. That's why we need to discipline ourselves and our minds. And that's why we need to meditate. Meditation is a practice which helps you separate from your thoughts and to realize that I'm not just this stream of consciousness nonsense blaring through my brain. I am much more than that. There is much more than that constitutes me than those dreadful memories of abuse. However, if you are not a meditation person, then there still sure are ways that you can hop on and get yourself into your heart zone to stop the thoughts and to help you feel whole again. Like if we do five acts of kindness in one day, once a week for six weeks. Studies show that when we do good deeds frequently, we actually start to experience a helper's high. How's that for benefit? You don't just get out of your head, you get high. Doing good deeds can actually make you happier and less depressed and can lessen aches and pains. As human beings, we all want to contribute to something bigger than just ourselves. We want to contribute to the greater good. Doing something nice for others is like a salve that soothes some angst and quietens the ego. Do you feel too busy to help somebody out? 
You don't have to volunteer for hours, even though that would be great. You could even just buy the person standing behind you in line a cup of coffee, pay for someone's parking meter anonymously or give someone an authentic compliment. You may even want to leave a positive quote on a sticky note on someone's desk at work or just be present and listen to somebody instead of multitasking. Now, besides these, the third set of technique uh, recommends practicing gratitude. Often when we're consumed with our thoughts, gratitude helps give us perspective and expands our attention beyond just what's wrong. Just remember that at any one second, your body is receiving over 11 million bits of information from your nerve endings and your brain can only process about 40 bits. What that means is that there's more information available out there to help you assess your reality. There's another way to see your situation and another way for you to be. If you're feeling stuck in your head or at the mercy of your ego, a dose of gratitude can help. Try writing down three things you're grateful for once a day for a week and notice what you see. By intentionally steering your attention with gratitude, you don't leave yourself at the whim of your ego or your past trauma for that matter. So before bringing the curtains down, I would just like to say that if you want to reach a state of bliss, then go beyond your ego and the internal dialogue. Make a decision to relinquish the need to control, the need to be approved and the need to judge. Those are the three things the ego is doing all the time. It's very important to be aware of them every time they come up. In other words, it can be concluded that we should be wise enough to listen to advice from others, but at the same time have a strong conviction about where we are going for everyone has a right to their ego, but should never let themselves become an object of that same ego. However, if circumstantially you have become a victim to your ego, then never let go of the school of thought that when it comes to getting out of your head and overcoming your ego, the key is to have some go-to exercises that resonate with you and ideally that you practice regularly. Just like you go to the gym to get physically in shape, you must also practice getting your mind in shape. And just as there are infinite ways to build strong muscles, there are infinite ways for you to conquer your mind. You just have to test out some methods and see what you like best. Start with one or or three of the above and see what works for you. With this, our podcast episode comes to an end. But before that, don't forget to read my book, Victim to Victor, where I have shared my journey of evolving through travel, self-help and a determination to cast off my damaging past. By this platform, I wish to reach out to fellow survivors of abuse and be the source of light and motivation in their life. I hope by my efforts, I can help victors transform their lives just like I did for betterment and in the process, discover their true self. I also have a 12-week self-development plan, which is absolutely free and it aims to guide you in bringing the superwoman or superman hiding inside of you. You can find the link in the description below. Do like this podcast and tag somebody share it with somebody whom you know may be going through a similar situation and who may need help. I will be back with another podcast soon. Until then, adios my friends, take care and stay empowered.